today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Watched Get Back over the last number of days. I don't know if you have as well. Documentary about the making of the Let It Be album. Peter Jackson, the guy who created Lord of the Rings. Some people are calling this one Lord of the Ringos, <laughs> which is a great name. It's eight and a half hours of the Beatles making their making their album and leading up to the rooftop concert that it became very famous because it was their last ever public performance together. After this, they made one more album. They disbanded. They never played in public again. You know that concert, right? You've seen it. You've seen the one on the rooftop. Uh, anyway, as they are playing on the roof, if you've, if you've watched this, if you're familiar with this at all, uh, they're playing on the roof of Apple Studios and crowds have begun gathering on Savile Row and they're trying to figure out where the noise is coming from and who's playing. And apparently some of them have figured out it's the Beatles and some haven't and some are thinking this is wonderful. But some are complaining that it's just too darn noisy. And so they approach a couple London bobbies, a police officer, and they say, please do something about this noise. And so all of a sudden you end up with a, as I say, this police officer who has to go and do something about this and finds himself as a piece of musical history when he steps in and ultimately causes the band to cut off its final performance, not knowing it was going to be the final performance. And, um, yeah. Uh, the officer's name is Ray Dagg. We didn't necessarily know that prior to this movie, but it was plastered on the screen and suddenly everybody knew who that officer was. Constable Ray Dagg, who I'm thrilled to say is joining us now from rural England. Uh, Ray, thank you for the time today. I really appreciate you joining us. Uh, thanks, Scott. Uh, it's a pleasure. So you live this life of lovely, quiet anonymity for 50 years, and then all of a sudden this movie comes out and now everybody wants to talk to Ray Dagg. Is that pretty close? Uh, pretty close. Hundreds from all over the world, from too many countries to list. When you heard that this movie was coming out, did you expect that might happen? Because there had been other things and you had sort of slid under the radar. Did you think this would happen? Um, well, I need to take you back to 1970 when uh, the first Beatles film, Let It Be, came out. And I was in that for 10 minutes. And that caused a bit of furor afterwards. And I got recognized in the street and everything when I was in uniform. Um, but I thought that that had long gone. And I forgot this. It was in history. You know, I didn't realize it would ever come up again. But two years ago, Mr. Jackson and his crew found me and uh the rest you know mm. so the amazing part to me is you were a kid when this happened i was amazed that you were just 19 when when you were put into this position yeah i was uh, about six months out of training school yep were there a lot of 19 year old constables at that time it seems incredibly young to be working as a police officer well, at that, that, at that particular station, there'd be about uh, three or four 19-year-olds hmm. out of a complement of 100 or so. And was that your usual area? Was foot patrol in that area part of your regular job? Uh, I used to patrol that area sometimes, but sometimes I'd get other areas to patrol. Uh, but on this particular day, I was checking in with the station to sign on for work, and they said, well, before you go anywhere, go and shut that noise down. <laughs> All right. And did you know what that noise was when they told you that? 
Uh, no, I didn't. Well, I knew it was coming from Apple, so I suspected it was the Beatles because I'd walked past there many times before. Uh, but I didn't really know they were on the roof. I only found that out when I got inside. And uh, it wasn't really the noise so much as the people that were gathering in the street, which were blocking... I mean, there were thousands and thousands of them. So it was blocking Regent Street, which was blocking Piccadilly, which is blocking Piccadilly Circus, Shaftesbury Avenue. The, tra- the traffic in the West End that afternoon was chaos. Ray, were you a Beatles fan back then? Because that would have been... Ju- I mean, you would have been about the perfect age to be someone who was a diehard. Uh, yes, I, I, I like the music. I can't say I was a Beatles fan. I can't say I bought any of their records. I was more, um, I'm sorry to say this, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> well, nothing wrong with that. They, You know, you didn't have to shut them down, but that would have been maybe even cooler for you. Uh, I've had great <laughs> trouble shutting down Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> I've probably well, when- been singing along. Well, okay, so it's a long time ago. I mean, it is it is 52 years ago now, which seems unbelievable to, to think about. But when did you realize, as you were going into the building there, or when you were leaving the station, when did you realize that I'm going to have to tell the Beatles to stop playing? Did that sort of cross your mind, or was it just, uh, just go and make them stop? I thought, well, I'll go and see what's happening and why the noise is up there. Initially, I thought they were inside an upper studio or something with microphones blaring out, but... While I was in there, I found out they were on the roof, and uh, then I realised, I mean, they tried to stall me and delay me for about, well, they did, they managed to stall me for about 30 minutes uh, before I got up there, so they got through a fair few songs before I got up there. We hear lots over here in North America, especially about, you know, people accusing police of misbehavior and things like that these days. Um, I understand things were a little bit different then. They don't, not then people didn't have cameras on every phone and things like that. But you were among, you and your sergeant who came in later in this movie are among the most polite police officers I've ever seen in my life. Did you know you were being filmed at that time or were you simply just that polite always? Um... I hope I was polite always, but I knew I was being filmed. When I walked in the door, I saw one of these two-way mirror things, which I'm not supposed to be able to see behind, but I could see something moving behind it. And when I got to the reception, in the flowers on the desk, there was a microphone. All right, so so you had a, you had a good idea. Better be on good behavior here because I might be on film somewhere. Absolutely. In fact, I said it to my colleagues. Oh, did you? Just to just be yeah, aware? I, yeah, Ray Shaylock, who was with me, um, I said to him that uh, I think we're being filmed here, so we better behave ourselves. You did say, as I picked up on there, and correct me if I'm saying anything wrong here, but I do recall you saying that they'd better stop at some point or there might be some arrests. Did you, were you serious about that? Could you have ever imagined yourself leading Paul McCartney out of the Apple Studios building in handcuffs? <laughs> Oh, dear. Um, I'm afraid, uh, if you want the detail of it, uh, there were several offences they've committed, but unfortunately there was no power of arrest on private premises. Um, But even at 19, I gambled they didn't know that. So that's what I threatened them with, if you like. How long, so you're up there on the roof, they're still playing. Was it as loud on the roof as it was on the street or were, the, were you able to, to talk because the speakers were facing outward? Uh, no, it was extremely loud, extremely noisy. 
if you look at the film, you'll see me talking to one side with Malcolm Evans, who was their yes. road manager, the late Malcolm Evans, God bless him. And uh, I, it was at that stage that I lost it, if you like. I, I was fed up with being delayed all the time. And I said to him, tell them they're all under arrest. And he said, what for? <laughs> and I said, highway obstruction and obstructing <laughs> police in the execution of their duty. Although I said it, I had no power of arrest. And were they playing the noise as a defense that, oh, I can't hear you, I'm sorry, can't hear you, officer, I, I can't really make out what you're saying. Were they using that to their advantage? No, uh, they weren't. They didn't say anything. Malcolm Evans went over and disconnected their amp plugs. And that too is on the film. And you'll see them putting it back in. At that <laughs> stage, he says to them, because they haven't got their amp plugs in, you're going to be arrested unless you stop. So it's then they said, can we do one more? And I said, yes. And they did the last song and changed the words of it. Something like the law's coming and we got to stop or something. Yep. Yep. Did you, so you knew you were going to, when you knew that this movie was going to be made, you had a pretty good idea that you were going to make an appearance. Have you watched yourself in this movie again? Yeah, we were invited, uh, my wife and I, to the uh, cast and crew premiere, which was in Leicester Square. And what does a 72-year-old Ray Dag think of a 19-year-old Ray Dag when he sees him on the screen? Um, <laughs> well, age brings you a certain wisdom, which I didn't have at the time. Um, I was a bit, let's say, gung-ho. When you watch it, do you, do you watch it with a point of pride that you handled yourself well under the circumstances or are you someone who looks at it and goes, Oh, I wish I'd done that different. If I knew I was, if, since I knew I was going to be filmed, I wish I'd done that different. Well, bear in mind the outcome, which was nobody got arrested and they stopped. I'm extremely proud of what I did. And indeed I've had tens and hundreds of messages from police officers all over the world wow. saying that, uh, I did a very excellent job up there. Yeah, no, I have to, listen, again, we, we, we know how these things could potentially go. I can't imagine, as you say, when you were laughing, I can't imagine you arresting someone or even trying, but we know how these things could go. Do you remember the conversation that you then had as you were leaving, um, once they stopped and everyone, you were dispersing everyone, do you remember the conversation walking back with your sergeant or your partner back to the station or back at the station after this was done? Well, no, there was no conversation because... I waited at the top of the stairs to make sure they stopped. And when they stopped, I went down the stairs. Um, they brushed past me at some stage. And we went down and we had to clear the crowds outside to release the traffic in the West End. So we each went our separate ways, moving people on. And we didn't manage to talk about it at all. But I can't imagine, Ray, if it, look, if I'm, uh, and I understand maybe a different time, but if this happens to me as part of my daily duties, at some point I'm telling someone, you will not believe what I had to do or what my day was like today. There had to be someone you chatted with about this afterwards. Oh, no. You, you asked me if I spoke to my sergeant and my colleague at the time. Uh, unfortunately, the whole station knew about it. <laughs> and when I got back to the canteen, they'd put a chair with a throne and said, superstar, sit yourself. <laughs> that went on for about uh, three or four weeks. Really? Yeah, they take the mick a lot, the police force. Did you, um, 
you obviously at that moment didn't realize, cause we never know at a time that something's happening, that we are going to be involved. If, if you're involved in something that's a historic moment or a moment of hit, you never realize at the moment that it's that, but did you, did you, I didn't realize, you... I didn't realize that at that time it was it. And indeed I didn't realize it was their last concert until two years ago when Mr. Jackson and his team found me. Come on. You didn't know for all those years that it was the last time? Didn't have a clue. Wow. Okay. When you, when you said earlier on though, that you were recognized after the first movie came out, what would people say when they saw you in uniform walking along the streets? Were they, Hey, you know, great job patting you on the back or were they giving you grief for having stopped it? Well, no, I could do a dreadful American accent here, but I won't. Um, most <laughs> of them said, Oh, you're the policeman I've just seen in the Beatles film. Uh, could I have your autograph? Could you help me cross the road? Could I have my photograph with you? Oh, so it was good. It was good. Oh, yeah. It was nothing abusive. It was a bit funny. I mean, 19 years of age, signing my autograph. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I I was wondering if people would be sour about it, but no, it sounds like you became a, you became a little legendary over there. At, At what point? So even though you didn't know that, that was their last performance. How long after did you realize that you had been there for part of a record that they had made, that they were recording for an album? Um, Well, the police, they had to ask the police for me, for their permission for me to appear in the film. So the commander and I went down to the studios in Wardour Street and we watched it. And then I realized exactly what had happened, how much had been filmed and uh, the position we were all in. Did you, Ray, did you over the years mention this to a lot of people? Was this a, a conversation starter for you or would, or did it sort of just completely fade into oblivion and for years this never really came up? No, um, in the various companies I've worked for, uh, my colleagues uh, found out and done some spoof videos at conferences and things. <laughs> Inevitably, so, they found it because you you left the police, right? You went into sales a few years after this. Yeah, I did. I went into sales and then into electronic worldwide sales. And and they would always find out. But I mean, it sounds like it would have been an absolutely brilliant way to open a door to to make a sale or to make a deal with someone. Walk in and, and use this as the icebreaker. Oh no, we didn't use it for any customers at all. It was for <laughs> internal sales conferences once a year when we had our motivational sales conference and. At the end of it, they'd play this, <laughs> but they voiced it over differently, so that I looked a bit more worse than I was. You know. <laughs> oh, we've just got a, a few seconds left here. But have you ever? Did you ever have any reason? Now, Peter Jackson called you down to to, to look at the the film, or, or sorry, the the the, uh, the film director at the time back in 1970 called you down to look at it, and then Peter Jackson. Did you ever have any reason to ever have any interaction with the band ever again, or anybody from the band? No, never since then. Uh, it's 52 years ago, and I'm not sure. I can't quite remember whether I spoke to one or two of them when they passed me on the stairs. Hmm. I, I don't really can't remember. It's that long ago. What's prompted my memory is seeing the film when Peter Jackson's team showed me the film. Then, of course, it brought the memories back. Yeah, because I halfway expected when this movie came out, and and we, we've heard that Paul McCartney and, and Ringo Starr both very much endorse and and enjoy this movie. I, I kind of wondered if one or either of them would have would have reached out and said, "Hey, you know what? 
no hard feelings or whatever else. It doesn't sound like they had any, but I, I wondered if they would have reached out or their people. No, I, I wouldn't think they'd be bothered by a, uh, a retired ex-policeman like me. Yeah, a, a retired ex-policeman who was very much involved in their last public moment. I, I don't know. I, uh, listen, before we let you go, I, as you said off the top, Ray, there have been lots and lots and lots of expressions of interest and people reaching out to you these days. What's the strangest request you've got so far? Because there have to be some that you sort of just shook your head at. Um to print a photo of the film. Somebody asked me on Twitter, and my handle, if anybody wants to ask me any questions on Twitter, is at Chelsea Bronco, Chelsea Bronco. But the strangest request was um, to print a picture of the film, sign it, and send it to people in America. Well... You know what? I bet you that that won't be the only autograph uh, autograph request you get again. You signed a bunch back in the day, and I, I bet you'll be signing some more these days because uh, it is it is a moment in history, one of those ones you stumble into and probably, well, I'm sure, never expected at the moment, but boy, it is now. Uh, Ray, um, we really... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it, it's the most surprising thing that's happened to me 52 years later. I, still I have no doubt. People are interested in me. I have no doubt, but, um, I say one of those funny things that, uh, you wake up in the morning to go to work and who would have ever expected this would have been the outcome, right? Uh, unbelievable, but these things happen. These things do. Ray Dag, uh, so much appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us today. Thanks for this. A pleasure and uh, happy new year to all of you. To you as well, Ray. Thank you so much. That is uh, Ray Dag, former police constable, the guy who, if you watch Get Back, is the officer who... Well, broke up the last Beatles live performance, um, not blaming Ray for the Beatles breaking up, but he was just there when they had their last moment and uh, on the rooftop concert. It's, a, it's an amazing bit from that movie if you do decide to watch it. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.